0: The subject of the website, myhotwife.com, is Carmen Allington. She's going to come and bring the word this morning. Let's welcome her to the stage. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, dear. Oh, where did you go from there, honestly? <laughs> It was awesome a few years ago when we were still living in Sydney it was quite a long time ago now like 10 years ago I think it's like only a few years but that's okay I have a seven-year-old so it was a bit longer than that we went to a Bon Jovi concert we were rocking out with all the baby boomers we had a fantastic time and that song inspired well it did it inspired the title of this series living on a prayer the word of God is living. It's alive. It's active. It's sharp. It divides truth from everything else. And uh, I really feel this morning to share and unpackage and bring alive the Lord's Prayer again. He gave, Jesus gave this to us to use every day, to remind us how to live, to remind us of our purpose and to remind us of God, our awesome provider. It is more than in a stale liturgy or strange words. It encapsulates everything Jesus wants for you and for me. And for this movement, he started Call the Church. Awesome. Guys, why don't you take a seat? Thank you so much for this morning. Before we begin, why don't we just pray? Why don't you join with me? Thank you, God. Thank you for... George, actually, can you stay a sec? Sorry. 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 Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We turn our attention to you. Lord, we humble ourselves before you. Thank you, God, as we unpackage your words, you are going to revolutionise, energise and refocus our prayer life but and not just individually but as a community. God, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who empowers us and guides us and shows us exactly what to pray. We Thank you God you are with us in Jesus name. Amen. Actually before we get underway this morning um, I just want to pray for someone. Is Bart here this morning? Bart do you mind coming up on stage? Do you mind if I pray for you up here? Would that be okay? why don't you just lift your hands to heaven, close your eyes. Thank you, God. This is a man who loves God. This is a man who humbles himself before his king. But as I was worshipping, your song of praise, it made me, Stop. I caught my breath. And God wants to tell you this morning, he's going to create a clean heart and renew a right spirit within you. As you pray those words, God is going to give you a new spirit part. He's going to give you a battle cry of praise that you've never heard come from your mouth before. And it is going to change the way you fight. It's going to change the way you fight. It's going to revolutionize your heart. God delivers us that. Jesus comes from a line of kings, of great warriors. He was not meek or mild. He operated in power and in truth and he stood for it. God is going to give you the strength and the power and the spirit to fight and he's going to give you a new cry of praise, a new battle cry to take you through this season. Holy Spirit, won't you touch him this morning? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Father thank you Lord. thank you God thank you Father huh. awesome God thanks for coming up thanks for being brave <laughs> God loves us hey he loves us Why don't we read this prayer together? This is the Lord's Prayer, found in Matthew chapter six, and in the New King James Version, this is how it reads. Let's read it together. That's okay. We're going to start um, with our Father. Okay, so let's read it together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forget our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Now, sorry, I'm still wiping the tears from my eyes. It's a little bit distracting, isn't it? Thank you, God. But I don't know about you, but when I was growing up and hearing this prayer, I thought it was strange, the epitome of strange. There were some words in there I didn't understand and the concepts were odd at best. And I thought, what does hallowed even mean? God has a kingdom. What is he up to? Yes, thank you so much, George. Thank you so much. Is it God's responsibility to bring bread to my door every day? I mean, I'm 13. I don't have any debt. What is he talking about? I don't anyone any money. And you know what? In some translations, it used the words trespass or trespass instead of debt. And I thought even more like, what is that? Someone telling me to get off their land? Like, what? A, where am I? And, and, you know, and finally, you've got to be kidding me. God's going to lead me into temptation? Like, he's deliberately going to tempt me? Like, that doesn't sound like the God I know. And as a teenager, I attended a traditional church school. And there were occasions where I had to attend these traditional church services where this prayer was part of the liturgy. And that is part of the script. Of the service where the minister and the congregation sort of take turns reciting prayers scriptures and belief statements that's what liturgy is so this prayer as with much of the liturgy was recited fairly monotonously without a lot of feeling so not only was it difficult to understand but to my 13 year old self it was oh so boring And um, especially in in contrast to the vibrant, powerful gospel message I was hearing in church here on a Sunday. But as I grew in Christ, I began to understand the purpose and the power of the gospel message. This prayer came alive to me. I felt the power of the Holy Spirit and I knew God was with me and for me and had a purpose for my life. So in no way am I saying that traditional churches have their liturgy wrong. But as I looked around during these readings, I could tell that the word wasn't particularly alive for or understood by many of the people reading it. It had become a habit. And this has stayed with me all these years, locked away in my heart, and I feel like it is my mission this morning to help us rediscover the power, it's revolutionary power of this prayer in our everyday lives. So where are we? Where are we when, when Jesus brings this prayer to life? We, we find ourselves in Matthew 6, in the middle of an extraordinary download from Jesus that, that's known as the Sermon on the Mount. Crowds have gathered to hear Jesus preaching and teaching and healing people throughout Galilee. And now he stops and he teaches this amazing message. He's on a range of topics. He's laying the foundation for his ministry and his mission. So here we are. It sort of reads like Jesus is speaking to just his disciples, but crowds crowds of people gather. And he teaches them how to live, how to treat one another how to view their money and possessions, how to be generous, how to pray. Jesus was starting a movement and these teachings lay a foundation and they show us how to live as a follower of Jesus. So, so why this prayer? It's a culmination of everything that is so important to Jesus and boils everything from these three chapters, so chapters 5, 6 and 7, into one prayer that we can live by every day. And it is the extension of the two commandments. Jesus boils the ten commandments down to two and he says, love God and love one another. And this is where this prayer is birthed from. As many of you know and have probably experienced in your own lives, the gospel message is completely opposite to the way the world works and operates. So Jesus knew that we would need a prayer to anchor us and spur us on. You know, so much of our prayer, and I I don't know about you, but mine is, it's like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, help me, help me, help me. I'm sorry, I'm really sorry. Jesus, you know, it has its place, but Jesus gives us a proactive prayer because he knows that following him is hard. And he tells us earlier in chapter 5 that people will mock us for following him. So he gives us a prayer to re-energize and refocus us on our calling, you know, just like he did regularly. He went away to pray, to re-energize, to encounter God, and to refocus. Awesome. And you know, I love Jesus because he's so straightforward. He doesn't leave us in the dark about how to pray either. You know, just before the prayer in verses uh, 5 to to 8 of chapter 6, he tells this to everyone. He says, When you pray, not if, when, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. Ouch. But when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask Him. Isn't that powerful? As with everything in the Gospel, prayer is a matter of the heart. God desires genuine connection and relationship with us, not a performance. Jesus is letting his followers know that religious performance has no place in his kingdom. Here we go. The prayer, it may not take even a minute. I don't even know if that took us 30 seconds to to read aloud, but it packs a punch. Um, It has an introduction, it has two sections and in some translations like the New King James that we read today, it um, finishes with a short uh, statement of praise. The introduction establishes who we're praying to and then following that, section one emphasises uh, first the holiness of God's name, second his will and thirdly our mission. Section two is all about God, our provider. He provides our daily needs, forgives us and helps us forgive others and leads and delivers us. And this here is the heart of the gospel message. So next week we are going to look at that second half of the prayer, God, our provider. And today we're going to look at that first half. First of all, Jesus says, pray like this. And I think he meant it. I don't think there was either a hidden message in there ever. I think he meant pray like this. You can pray it how it is or you can expound upon it. So the introduction, our Father in heaven. This, this is a beautiful statement in and of itself and I feel like I could do a whole message just on this. But our, I stopped on our. This prayer... Does not contain the word I or me anywhere. Did you notice that? It is full of our, us, and we. The kingdom of God that Jesus came to establish is about every individual coming together. It is about loving God and loving one another. Our Father. Jesus calling God the Father was unique. No one had really done that before. And I guess that's because Jesus was God's son. (laughs) Jesus is the only son. So why does he encourage us to pray to our father? When we make a heart decision to follow Jesus, this incredible thing happens. We are spiritually adopted, becoming children of God and co-heirs in his kingdom. Romans 8.15 says, So you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. More on that next week. So Jesus invites us into sharing his identity and his mission. Everything he does, you and I do too. Everything he inherits from the Father, so do you and I. We are praying to the God who was revealed in the Son. You see, in the midst of their culture, Roman culture, the disciples Needed someone to remind them and redefine exactly who God was. With many gods and various idols being worshipped, they needed to know that God was their Father, their Father who they could depend on. If again, if we go back to um, verses five to eight, you know Jesus is saying, "Don't be like the hypocrites or people of other religions. Turn to God. Turn to God, our Father." And you know what, I feel like in our culture today, we need reminding of exactly the same thing. We need that refocus, that shift. Hallowed be your name. Probably one of the strangest words in there, hallowed. It simply means to be regarded as holy, venerated or sacred. You know, in the Greek, hallowed means blessed, sacred, revered and respected above all other names. So when Jesus prays, "Hallowed be your name, he means may your name be recognised as holy. Again, Jesus here is restoring God's reputation because it has been misunderstood and defiled. Jesus is reminding us of God's holiness in our everyday lives. We must pray in recognition of how truly awesome he is and humble ourselves. Ann Voskamp um, says, says this, live like God is a genie in a bottle. We become like angry drunks. Live like God is a king on a throne and we become intoxicated with awe. Isn't that great? We, so, we can so easily fall into the belief that God is like a genie and he's there to grant my wishes, my three wishes a day, and make my life perfect. But life isn't perfect. And God never, ever promises that. But he is holy and he is always with us, even in his holiness. So this is why we need to declare God's holiness, because we tend to forget. He wants us to remember exactly who he is. You know, I'm reminded of Hannah's praise in in 1 Samuel chapter 2. She says, No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. That was her statement of holiness. That was her putting God in his rightful place. And then there's Isaiah's vision. He's relaying in uh, Isaiah chapter 6. He says, they, or the the cherubim, were calling out to each other in God's presence, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And mostly I think of, of Moses in Exodus chapter 34. He's spoken with the Lord. And his face shone. That's how truly awesome God is. That's how truly holy he is. And now the mission His will our mission, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we think, gosh, so exactly how? Will God's reputation be redefined and restored in exactly this. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is Jesus' purpose and his vision for our lives. And before we pray anything else, Jesus wants to ground us and orient us in this truth. And Jesus has a part for all of us to play in his kingdom revolution. Jesus proclaimed many times, the kingdom of heaven is near. He also began many teachings with, the kingdom of heaven is like. You know, Brennan covered this so well in last year's uh, preaching series from last year called The Kingdom of Heaven, and I encourage you to to go back and listen to that because that will cover pretty much everything I'm talking about here. But I just want to say, as a reminder, that God sent Jesus to earth to restore it and to restore humans to their original calling, to restore heaven on earth and restore the relationship between God and people. That's what Jesus is talking about. You know, Jesus is revolutionary. He talks about loving one another, loving your enemies. He heals people who are untouchable. He breaks mindsets and cultural norms. He operates only in the power that can come from God. You know, and ultimately he dies as the ultimate sacrifice to restore us to relationship with God. See, in the Garden of Eden, heaven and earth were completely overlapping. Then Adam and Eve rip apart heaven and earth when they decide to declare independence from God by defining good and evil for themselves. Tim Mackey, founder of the Bible Project, he says this, the story of the Bible is about heaven invading earth. Jesus is bringing heaven to get the hell out of earth. I love it. I love it. And in the book of Revelation, we see the restoration, uh, the complete restoration of of, heaven and earth coming together. So what Jesus really means when he's saying the kingdom of heaven is near, he's saying that the kingdom of heaven is here and it's him. And when we pray for more and more of heaven to invade more and more of earth, it is more and more of Jesus pervading more and more of earth. And how does he do that? In us. In us. We bring the kingdom revolution to the world around us. Jesus is living in each and every one of us by the power of the Holy Spirit, and we bring more and more of heaven to more and more of earth. When we live that gospel message found in the second half of the prayer, a God that loves us so much that he provides for every need, forgives us and empowers us to forgive others and leads us and delivers us through the hard times. More on next week. Next week will be exciting. George, could I have you up again? Poor George. It's like he's at a party and he's up and down. But you know, the best part of this, the best part of this kingdom is that there is a place for every single person. I don't know if you've ever found yourself sort of feeling lost, like nothing ever feels quite right. You know, what our hearts crave, what we're really longing for is the kingdom of God and for Jesus as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Dr. Albert Moller says, we are looking for a kingdom that will never end and a king whose rule is perfect. If that's you today, if you're longing for something, but you don't quite know what it is, I can tell you, it's Jesus. If you want to have a restored relationship with your Father in heaven... Acknowledging Jesus as your Lord and Saviour is the way to do it. And all we do is pray, uh, pray a simple prayer to start this relationship. Sometimes we pray this prayer and then we get distracted and we forget about how much God loves us and the purpose Jesus has given us. So if that's you here today, you want to return to relationship with God. I also invite you to pray this prayer with us. Come on, let's I invite you all, just to close your eyes, and look away to God. We're going to pray this prayer together, everyone. Uh, but just so I know who I'm praying for, while everyone's not looking around, can I ask you to lift your hand if you're praying this for the first time? or if you're returning to a relationship with God today, if that's you, could you just lift your hand so I know who I'm praying for? Awesome. Come on, let's pray this prayer together and repeat after me. Let's say, God, thank you that you love me so much. You sent your son, Jesus to die in my place so that I can be made right with you. I'm sorry for trying to live life my own way. I stop that now and I turn to you. You are my Lord and my Saviour and my friend. Thank you for forgiving me. And loving me, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You can look this way. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or maybe you're reconnecting with God today, I really encourage you to come down the front after the service and and let me know. So, has the kingdom of heaven come? Yes, Jesus came. Has it fully invaded Earth? Nope, not yet. We'd be able to tell. (laughs) Has the kingdom of heaven come in my life as a disciple of Jesus? Yes. I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and my Saviour. The Holy Spirit lives in me and he empowers me. Has the Holy Spirit transformed every single part of my life, bringing all of heaven to all of earth in my life? No, not entirely. Not for any of us because this is a process. This is our journey with Jesus, to become more and more like him and bring him to the world around us. We are kingdom revolutionaries, but we need this prayer to refocus us on our purpose. I'm going to pray for us as, as before we leave today. So why don't you stand? I'm going to pray like Jesus taught us. So why don't you just lift your hands and set your heart on God this morning? Thank you, Father. God, thank you that you are ours. It is not just me against the world. I have a whole family, a whole community of believers. We are called to love one another. We are so grateful that you are our Father in heaven. You love us like you are our Father and we are your children. You are God our Father and you love us and you care for us so much. You provide everything we need. There is no God apart from you. You are the one true God. You are holy and completely awesome. And we humble ourselves as we remember that today. We know that you have a mission, God. And and today we declare that we want to be a part of this mission all over again empower us, strengthen us, remind us of the truth of your world. Help us to bring more and more of heaven to more and more of earth by spreading your love, your power, and your truth. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.